the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, April the 13th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On April 13, 1970, Apollo 13th, yeah, on the 13th, April 13th, Apollo 13, four-fifths of the way to the moon was crippled when a tank containing liquid oxygen burst, but the astronauts managed to return safely. Today in 1743, third president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson, was born in Shadewell in the Virginia colony. Today in 1943, President Franklin D. Roosevelt dedicated the Jefferson Memorial at Washington, D.C. on the 200th anniversary of the third American president's birth. And today in 1999, right to die advocate Dr. Jack Kevorkian, remember him? That was his life's calling is to help people commit suicide. He was sentenced in Pontiac, Michigan, to 10 to 25 years in prison for second-degree murder in a lethal injection of a Lou Gehrig's disease patient. Kevorkian ended up serving eight years of his 10 to 25 years. I mentioned yesterday on the program that... um, we were talking a little bit about Anheuser-Busch and the disastrous decision that they made regarding their Bud Light beer. I mentioned that Marjorie and I do not drink alcohol, but this has been a fascinating story to watch because it has to do with missing the mark. It has to do a little bit with compromising, I would suspect. It has to do with the blindness of some of the biggest companies in America. Anheuser-Busch has lost now, as of this morning, more than $6 billion in market value in the days following its promotional partnership. That's been in about a week. Their promotional partnership is with this transgender social media celebrity, Dylan Mulvaney. He was born a male. He now says, nope, I'm a female, and he makes all kinds of weird, weird incantations in some of their commercials. Mulvaney Mulvaney has caused, and this whole campaign has caused Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch shares to fall amid this nationwide backlash against this whole thing. It isn't that people are intolerant. They just, and again, I don't drink alcohol, but they just want to drink a beer and be left alone. They don't want you to be trying to cram this down your down their throat when they're buying your product. And I don't know why Disney can't seem to figure that out. They've lost billions and billions. I mean, like $40 billion in worth since they went on this trip. Now Anheuser-Busch is walking down the same path. I mean, it's amazing. These people, I mean, how do they get so wealthy if they're so dumb? But it's happening. Shares of Anheuser-Busch dropped nearly 5% in 
after Dylan Mulvaney announced the Bud Light deal at the beginning of the month, wiping out a $6.65 billion of the company's market capitalization. Boy, that's an amazing, an amazing thing. We live in an amazing time, no question about that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. We live in a time when our faith is being challenged in ways and with intensity that we have not seen in our lifetime, perhaps ever, in America, a nation founded upon the principles of the Bible, godly, eternal, Judeo-Christian principles and values. But our faith is being challenged in so many ways, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But first, let me just share with you the House Minority Leader, this guy that replaced um, Nancy Pelosi, um, he would be, if the Democrats were to take control of the House of Representatives, this uh, House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, he's a um, Democrat from New York, he would become Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House is second in line after the Vice President, for the presidency of the United States. Just keep that in mind. This controversy came up overnight, and interestingly enough, CNN is reporting on it. This is not the old CNN. They're, of course, they're fighting for their life. I mean, they're they're truly hanging over the ledge. Uh, they've just done what they've done for too long, and people have just turned them off. But they're trying to claw their way back into dominance now. They were once seen, you know, all over the world, and they were kind of the leading news, cable news. Not not anymore, but they're trying to find their way back. But anyway, they have, um, they have first published this story, and now a number of other news services are publishing it as well. But they say that this Jeffries, this... House Minority, the Democrat, House Minority Leader Hawking Jeffries, he uh, made some comments during his college years. They have resurfaced on CNN about uh, the Jews and about anti-Semitism. And uh, he's always said, when he, his, he has an uncle, Leonard Jeffries is his name, and I'm aware of him because I pay attention to these kinds of things. But he's, he's a black studies professor and he's way out there. I mean, he's way out. I, I think he's still living, but I know he has been because I've followed him in the past. He was a professor, and he was just a, an activist from the get-go, uh, more than a professor. But in any case, CNN has come up with this school paper, and it is CNN is reporting that Jeffries, during his time at Bing, Binghamton University and as a member of the executive board for the Black Student Union had invited his uncle, Leonard, to come and speak on campus after he made some inflammatory comments in the early 1990s about rich Jews being in the African slave trade and about Jewish executives in the film industry. Additionally, CNN found a previously unreported college editorial that this guy wrote, this Hakeem Jeffries, who the Democrats have chosen as their leader in the House. So he had written this editorial where he defended his uncle and he defended Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, explaining that the two were unfairly targeted by white media for challenging, quote, the long-standing distortion of history. Here's what Jeffrey said. This guy is 
will be, should the Democrats take over the House, I pray they don't, but if they did, he would become Speaker of the House. He would also then be second in line to the presidency of the United States. Here's what he had to say. Do you think that a ruling elite would promote individuals who would seek to dismantle their vice grip on power? Of course not. Dr. Leonard Jeffries and Minister Louis Farrakhan have come under intense fire. Where do you think their interests lie? Dr. Jeffries has challenged the existing white supremacist educational system and the long-standing distortion of history. His reward has been a media lynching complete with character assassinations and inflammatory, erroneous accusations. Now, keep that in the back of your mind as we take a look at what the message to the Republican Party is now in America. And I'm going to use the New York Times as my point of contact here, but they're not the only ones that are saying these kinds of things. The Washington Post is doing this, the Baltimore Sun, the Los Angeles Times. They're all coming out with various forms of what I'm going to be talking about this morning, but I'll be referring to the New York Times because they gave it more. I mean, they wrote a story that's as long as your leg. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's not inches, it's feet long uh, in the Times yesterday. It's a very long article. They're very intent on getting the Republican Party to compromise on their beliefs. Under the guise of helping, the New York Times spoke candidly yesterday to the Republicans in America, just trying to help, (laughs) suggesting they part with their old ways. And if they don't, they'll likely lose the upcoming elections, including the presidential election in 2024. When was the last time you saw the New York Times put the Republican Party on the couch and counsel them as to how to win? No, I don't think so. But anyway. I was reminded as I began to read this long story and the same type of story in other news uh, organizations, other newspapers, I was reminded of the deceptive words that are spoken in antiquity a long time ago. In fact, right at the first part of your Bible, surely ye shall not die. God wouldn't say that. God is a God of love. We live in a very deceptive time. The Times op-ed was titled, Pressure by their base on abortion. Republicans strain to find a way forward. Some in the party are urging compromise, warning of dire electoral consequences for 2024. So it isn't just the New York Times. It's not just the Democrats. that are trying to help the Republicans. There's Republicans within the Republican Party who are also trying to help the Republican Party find their way. Because if they stick to their old ways, the old values, it's called the party's platform. They're going to slip into oblivion and be non-existent. It's interesting how people under the guise of helping often have other motives. This is one of those times, I suspect. Jonathan Wiseman, he began this conversation. He wrote the article, and as I said, it's long. It's tedious, but it's worth talking about. As he began his conversation with the conservatives, his ye shall be as God's talk, he said Republican leaders have followed an emboldened base of conservative activists. That would be the evangelicals, the conservatives, 
the biblical Christians, the Catholics, conservative Catholics, and so on. That's who he's talking about. But they call them conservative activists into what increasingly looks like a political cul-de-sac on the issue of abortion. A cul-de-sac, okay? A tightly confined absolutist position that has limited their options ahead of the 2024 election season, even as some in the party push for moderation. The left has been trying to frame every righteous social issue in the past 50 years as a cul-de-sac or a dead end that must be avoided at all costs, which is dogma from Saul Alinsky and cultural Marxism. It's written that now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. Progressivism always acts on the belief that the end is so noble and so virtuous that any tactic to achieve it is justified. Whatever you do is just and righteous. If you are, if it helps you, if it moves you closer to your ultimate goal, which is a relativistic kind of position, politically, spiritually. In this case, it would compromise the most fundamental beliefs in the Republican Party platform. Have you read the Republican Party platform? If not, you should. It's inspiring, really. I like the platform. I don't like some of the actors, though, in the Republican Party. The Times begins with compromise number one by quoting Republicans. They're saying all Republicans should follow these Republicans. That's the implication. I'm quoting from the Times. Days earlier, abortion was the central theme in the liberal judge's landslide victory for a contested and pivotal seat on the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin. So Republicans are warning that the uncompromising position of their party's activist base could be leading them over an electoral cliff next year, says the Times. Then they quote Representative Nancy Mace. I don't know if you've heard about her or not, but certainly the people in her area have, in South Carolina, she's a Republican. She said, if we can show we care just a little bit, this is Representative Nancy Mace. If you have cousins or family in South Carolina, they should be aware of what she's saying. She's a Republican, she says. She said, if we can show that we care just a little bit, that we have some compassion, that we can show the country our policies are reasonable, but because we are keeping down these keep because we keep going down these rabbit holes of extremism, we're just going to keep losing. Well, what are these rabbit holes of extremism? Well, the Times notes that she has repeatedly called for more flexibility on first-term abortions. Flexibility means more abortions and exceptions for rape, incest, and the life and health of the mother. She said, quote, I'm beside myself that I'm the only person who takes this stance. Well, actually, she is not. The New York Times jumped in at that point again, quickly helping Republican Nancy Mace in her time of sorrow and frustration. They said, no, you're not the only one. Everybody's doing it kind of thing. They said, no, there's many. They remind her. They remind the readers that, no, she's far from the only one. That's a quote from the New York Times. The chairwoman, they say, 
the New York Times, the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, has been showing polling to members of her party demonstrating that Americans largely accept abortion up to 15 weeks into a pregnancy and support the same exemptions that Ms. Mace wants. Dan O'Connell, they say, I'm quoting the New York Times, a conservative radio host in Wisconsin wrote, after the lopsided conservative defeat in the state Supreme Court contest that abortion was driving young voters to the polls in staggering numbers and that the survival of the party dictated compromise. The Republican Party, if it's going to even survive and exist, must compromise. Not on how many lanes to put in the new freeway going across the south end of the state or whatever. Oh, no. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about how many bridges to fix. We're talking about abortion. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about the most fundamental principles of Almighty God. This conversation is not unlike that first conversation with evil in the Garden of Eden. O'Connell concluded, the radio guy, he said, as difficult as this may be to come to grips with, Republicans are on the wrong side politically of an issue that they are clearly on the right side of morally. So he was walking the fence. On the one hand, he's encouraging, in his sphere of influence, encouraging Republicans to compromise. On the other hand, he said, but you're clearly on the right side of morality. So does that mean we declare ourselves to be on the right side of morality, but we go ahead and compromise with the devil? I mean, these are demonic things that these people are pushing and trying to get the Republican Party to compromise. And Ronna McDaniel, in my view, and I know a lot of you listeners of this program, you like her. I understand. I don't know her. I've never met her, but I've certainly paid attention to her. And I know where she's coming from. She is suggesting by showing all of these polls repeatedly to the people probably in leadership of the party, I don't know. But the New York Times says she has been showing, you know, key influencers within the Republican Party all of these these polls that are showing that if the Republicans want to win, they better allow abortions up to 15 weeks. How many abortions would be the right place to be? I mean, where would the moral bridge be? Is is Cutting back from, say, 10,000 abortions to 5,000, is that a righteous thing to do? I, I, I really don't understand relative righteousness if we're talking about God's laws and we're talking about life itself. I don't know where that point is, but they apparently do. I guess it's at the point that you tip the scale so you can win an election so you can, quote, stand for your values. Is that really standing for your values? I think it's time to give that some thought for all of us. Republicans have forgot to ask themselves, what is more important, winning an election or standing up for what is right? Well, Gary, if we don't win elections, we'll never have any influence. I agree. I work hard for the people that I think would best serve, and the ones I think that would best serve are always people who will take action in conservative biblical values within the culture. So where are we on this? Do we compromise on these issues? 
I'm not again. I'm not talking about how many lanes to, in the new freeway. I'm not talking about how many bridges to build or who gets a windmill and who doesn't get a windmill so they can save the earth and so on from carbon fuel and so on. I'm not talking about those issues. Not that they're not important. They're very important, but they're not moral issues, biblically speaking. But abortion and marriage and human sexuality, those are biblical issues. And those are the ones that the New York Times is trying to help deliver the Republican Party from so the Republican Party won't go into oblivion. Those are their words. That's the conversation that's taking place in our culture today. Weissman also warns Republicans they better compromise all their positions on guns and gun control or else. The problem goes beyond abortion, they say. With each mass shooting, the GOP's staunch stand against gun control faces renewed scrutiny, and so on. This Miss Mace, from the, the Republican from South Carolina, she says, my kids had friends on Friday night running for their lives, referring to the shooting at South Carolina's Isle of Palms. She said, it elicited no response from most of my party. Republicans aren't showing compassion in the wake of these mass shootings. They're not joining the ban the guns club and so on. The New York Times talks about the LGBTQ plus climate change. And of course, Weissman said Republicans must compromise on LGBTQ plus issues and so-called climate change. The party stand, quoting the New York Times, the party stand against legislation to combat climate change has helped turn young voters into the most liberal bloc of the American electorate. No, it hasn't. That's a lie. The public education drumbeat day in and day out with these little kids growing up has schooled them and groomed them not only for the climate change mantra, but also for the LGBTQ rights mantra. That's where these kids are coming from. They're not getting it from the Republican Party or the lack of what the Republican Party does. And I'm not defending the Republican Party. These are all distractions from reality. There's Representative Mark Pocan. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure. It's P-O-C-A-N. He's an openly gay Democrat from Wisconsin. He said on Monday that in the short term, the Republican attacks on transgender Americans are, were having a real-world effect with a rise in violence and bigot, bigotry. But he said it's also contributing to the marginalization of the party, even in his swing state. So if we disagree with the LGBTQIA blah, blah, blah agenda, we are contributing as evangelicals, as conservative Catholics, as biblical Christians, and conservative politically. We are contributing to the rise in violence and bigotry. The Washington Post says the GOP has become the insurgent outlier in American politics. It is ideologically extreme, scornful of compromise, and unmoved by conventional reasoning. It's interesting that the New York Times published an article. I did a little look back to see what has the New York Times been saying over the last number of years. Well, here's what I found. An article was published July 6th, 2017. It was titled, When the Boss Wants You to Do Something Unethical. New York Times, July 6th, 2017. 
here's part of what the article said. Again, it's a long article on morality, but here, here's here's what the article part of what it says. It says, "I think you, I think you just have to say no if it's against your moral values." That's read. What should I do if my boss wants me to do something unethical? I think you should say no if it's against your own moral values. You can't be forced to do something. The worst thing that could happen to you is you'll be fired, but you can't really stay at a job that's going to ask you to transgress your morals anyway. Oh, by the way, if you don't change the Republican Party and compromise your morals, you're going to lose all the... I mean, what is this? This is called progressivism. It's called relativism. It's called cultural Marxism. There's no question that compromising on non-moral policies is inherent in good politics. Like I said, roads, bridges, windmills, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, of course, there has to be compromise on those issues. But on moral issues that are eternal, godly, righteous issues, no, you can't compromise on those. And that's what they're telling the Republican Party in advance of the upcoming elections, that if you don't go down that path, there's no chance of your winning. The secular left's morality is based on every evolving truth and relativism. I mean, if people can, if people can endorse same-sex marriage, why can't a group of people marry? Why can't we have polygamy? That's not fair to the polygamist, the guy who wants a bunch of wives. Why can't he marry them all legally, and so on? There's reasons for God's laws. There's reasons for God's truth. The conservative biblical worldview is based on eternal truth, unchanging moral values based on biblical teaching. The Bible makes it clear that God does not condone compromising his commands. The Bible says, be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. and Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Joyful are those who do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. Psalm 119, God is holy and his ways are right. God is good and his ways are life-giving. Concerning matters that God has clearly addressed, we cannot negotiate and bargain and compromise those issues. King Jehoshaphat, you probably know the story, he foolishly entered a compromising situation with King Ahab. It almost cost him his life, 2 Chronicles chapter 18. Jesus rebuked the church at Thyatira for their theologically and moral compromise. He said, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. And he talks about it, goes on, calls herself a prophet and so on. There are certain lines that should not be crossed. There's times when compromise becomes evil. And these are one of those times. As we go through this world, we hear the many calls of the sirens to compromise the fleeting pleasures of sin, Hebrews 11.25 calls it. Hollow and deceptive philosophy, Colossians 2.8. And the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, 1 John 2.16. All attempt, all attempt to get us to compromise in areas that we should not, collectively and individually. Like losing an election. No, I don't want to lose an election. I want our guy at the desk at the Oval Office. But do we give away everything we believe to try to chase that? Are we trying to become Republicans that are almost like the Democrats? Are we trying to become conservatives that are almost like the far left 
activist, relativistic progressives? I pray not. But that's where we are today in America, and that's why we have to keep talking about it. We need to keep our voice out there. Thank you for your support of this ministry. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.